Welcome to the Beastified Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. Our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior within and shift the balance in the current paradigm. Deep and often intense, these conversations are released every Wednesday and are designed to inspire, educate, motivate and encourage you to discover, uncover, unlock and unleash your potential. In this episode of the Beastify podcast, this is generally just an episode to get you guys more acquainted with who we are as people. We talk about our start of our journeys and what propelled us as individuals to think in different ways and think out the box. We talk about paradigms, belief systems, diet, moving your body and pushing yourself mentally and physically. How you're forced to track what you experience, living in the matrix, using positivity as a tool. And we even get into the state of the Western medical system. But I just also want to say before we jump into this conversation that we're both truly grateful for the amount of people who are listening to our episodes and we're both just so happy that there's this big shift happening right now on this planet where many people are waking up and really do just want to make a positive change and shift the balance in the current paradigm. So thank you for tuning in and listening to our thoughts and in a way our little journey. So hopefully this episode will just inspire you to keep pushing forward as a human being and enjoy this ride that we're on. How consciousness is everything, really. We really want to get into a, like a, a main topic where we can really expand on who we are. And expand your consciousness as well. Not just ours, because we're all on a journey together. Mm-hmm. So we need to help people as well, as long as, as well as helping ourselves as well, which is key. Yeah, because I think a lot of people like us, even sometimes me, just gets a bit too self-centred. And I sort of think, this is all my journey. But then something just keeps bringing us back and just goes... No, you actually you're with someone, and you're with someone else, and then as soon as you realise, you're with everyone else. Yeah, because everyone else is on this conscious shift. I think something that we should definitely talk about though is that something that I always think about is the change that happened in me and you. That's something yeah. we've got to talk about. We've we've went through some lot different changes, like not just physically but mentally. I think more mentally than physically. I think as well, though the physical part of it makes uh, the the mental part come later on. Mm-hmm. So when you start physically by moving your body like we did, well, yeah. I'll, I'll explain my I'll explain my journey for me. Yeah. But I'll go back to the start of my journey. But it's always been something from a young age. I've always felt this longing with insiders to like improve myself and become better. Mm-hmm. I've always felt it inside, deep inside. I, I always remember when I was younger, sitting in my bedroom and thinking I'm bored. But now I'm thinking back how how could I how could I be bored. How how can I be bored then? That absolutely fascinates me on how people can be bored these days. Like, like if you're stuck in your room and you see you're bored, but there's so much you can do. There is. You, so can much to do. you can absolutely just learn a different language right in that moment. Or you can talk to someone, or you can meditate. You can just do so much in that one moment, something that will really open up who you are. Exactly. Like, you can move your body physically, or you can expand your mind mentally mm. time is of the essence man it really is like limited all the time we get on this earth like, and just, just spend it 
in that moment of boredom. But to go back on where I was saying about where I've always felt this longing inside of us, mm-hmm. and obviously there was times where I was sitting in my bedroom when I was younger, and I always remember this, thinking back of it, and thinking I'm bored, I'm bored. But I think the deeper meaning behind that, I was always thinking in my head, like, what is my purpose? I've always been thinking that. What is my purpose? And, and what, what, where do I need to go? Where do I need to take this journey in my head? Mm. I've always on this path in my head of thinking, where do I need to take this? And not knowing where, what my direction is. So for me, I think how I started getting on this conscious spiral mm. was because the like first what? thing I started doing was training my body. Yeah, like what helped you find right. your journey? And that was physically training my body. And obviously I started out by going to the local gym, which... Obviously, I'm past that now, going to the gym, but at the time, was a good start for us. Mm. And that's what really helped us into my conscious journey, was going to the gym and, and physically training my body. Mm-hmm. See, so that, that's a good start for you. But for someone else, that could be that could be everything. Like, like yeah. we might be beyond the gym in our sense of the word, but they could be on their sense of the word of, like, the gym to them is everything. Mm-hmm. And that's brilliant, because that shows them that they're committed to something which is empowering them, which is making them feel good about themselves. It's releasing the endorphins in themselves and they're really expanding who they are. That's what it's it was great. for me though. When I first started out with the gym, the gym was everything for us and I think that's a perfect platform. Is The gym is a perfect platform to propel your mind to that next level and that's what I think is amazing about it. Mm-hmm. But like I say though, I think as well, you can find that in every, every essence as well though. You could you could find that in writing. You could start writing. You could start reading a book. Oh, yeah. And that could propel you yeah. as well. But for me, on my personal journey, that's what propelled me into this different conscious reality was starting out in the gym. I mean, you're not just committed to one one part of life. You're not just committed to working out. That's just not you. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've all got so much more to give. Of, you know what I mean? And right now, I have to give so much more into the sense of like, I love writing blogs. And that's me. I love writing. It's me experiencing my whole creative consciousness, boom, on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And when I'm writing, I sometimes I don't even know what I'm writing. And I just, I'm just writing for the sake of writing. Sometimes I go on a whole completely different tangents, completely off the topic. And But but then you just feel like, wow, I just love writing so much. And you just, and you just get this joy and this self-satisfaction out of whole doing this whole thing. See, because I think that goes back to the whole sense of this flow state where your mind's in yeah. this flow state, where you're just in this motion of just enjoying it, being in the moment and just loving it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to ultimately. I think the things that people do in life, where they don't, where they dislike and, and they don't want to do, they fully know they're in the moment. But uh-huh. when, you're in, when, you're, when you're doing something that you love, you don't know you're in the moment. Uh-huh. And it's, that's a beautiful part of it. It's like, you told me the story the day, like when you were working on Beastified, um, and you were just sitting there and you were working, yeah. and you were really in this flow state and then, the next thing you know, it was like ten, it was ten o'clock in the morning. Then next thing you know, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, yeah, where's this time gone? Exactly. And where has the time gone? Because the time, like like I said, time is of the essence. And when you are actually in that moment, mm-hmm. you become something different. You become you. You become you in that present moment, which is you in the purest sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So something as well I can think about as well as part of my journey as well is I start educating myself. I start looking at different things I could educate myself on. So in a sense of, I started listening to podcasts, I started reading books, I started thinking out the box and sort of seeing this whole new sense of reality that was out there. I mm. mean, did that happen to you? You you were more down the book line, weren't you? Reading books and things. Yeah, I mean, like, I loved working out. And, like, I loved eating, right? And to be honest, I found a lot of my identity there when I first did it because I, I, I was always going out drinking and... I was drinking every night in the house, 
playing video games all the time and then on the weekend it was just drinking and playing video games <laughs> yeah. just a continuous pattern and it never stopped for about two years and I got out of shape I felt lethargic my mindset wasn't focused I didn't have a clue what a conscious shift was spirituality not non-existent exactly you were just laughing at it wouldn't you That's yeah I, I, I probably would have at that time but and when I started to change was just in the realm of just I want I just thought I deserve better than this I knew, I knew deep down in myself. I thought, this is not the person who I am, and I, de- and I, de- I don't deserve to just sit here and mope about my whole self pity, um, improving a level, improving a computer game character instead of proving my own life. But I think that's the level of people's minds where people are stumping out at the minute because they're playing on these video games and things like that, where we were both at, uh-huh. whatever, whatever game it'll be. And that's their sense of reality for them. They're, that's, they're finding, they're finding oh, yeah. happiness in that. What, what, I, what I think it is, done is when people are in a video game, they when they see a level-up character, they're getting all these fancy new stuff. Like, see, online Call of Duty, you're getting a new gun. Like, in real life, what are you really getting? You're not getting anything external. You're not getting um, an object like you are in a video game. Mm-hmm. You're just getting your whole sense of inner... In a gratefulness, like oh, thank you, I, I, I really resonate, I really achieved that, and mm-hmm. I, I'm thankful for it. So you don't exactly get the whole sense of like physical entity what you're gonna get mm-hmm. as you do in a video game, but you, what you get is so much more. You get the feeling of rewarding because you've worked hard on you, and when you work hard in the gym, you see a different shape in your body to- structure, and you feel proud of who you are. Your mindset changes. None of this happens in a video game. Like, what well, your mind becomes stagnant. It doesn't evolve to think anymore. It just becomes focused on a switching of a controller. And it, it just doesn't evolve in anything at all. Like, what fascinates me is, like, when I was in computer games, like, and I loved computer games, I would play this game and I'd get a character really high. And and then eventually, like, I was so good at it, the next game come out and you had to start from zero again. And it was like... In life, you're always starting at zero again if you just keep playing video games. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, but right now, like, in this moment, I'm not playing a video game and I'm just expanding me and there's no start-off no more. And I think that gets down to distractions because distractions is key and I think that's what Mm. society places on people. All these distractions. Yeah, people might see all these distractions as a way to get out of of the world Mm -hmm. of all the the crap that's going on in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's back down to more distractions. And I think if you don't embrace things that are in your path, you're just going to continue seeing these distractions and distractions are going to hold you back from ever achieving mm. anything that you want to achieve in your life. See, I can understand, like, because I playing video games and watching a film, from time to time, it is it is all right. It's, an, it's a nice little way to relax for some people. Mm-hmm. But obviously, just like it is with anything, if you misuse it... And it's it, too much. Yeah, if you become obsessed by something... If I become obsessed with um, healthy eating, then obviously I'm not. I'm going to see amazing benefits, but I'll be misusing it in a sense. Mm-hmm. Do you actually what I mean? Like, too much of a good thing. That's what the whole expression is. Uh, I know what you mean, but obviously I want to get. I want to say something as well on that because you know for me that how yeah, much I seen you cringing a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, for me, my eating. Obviously, you know that. 
I never eat anything bad. Uh-huh. I just never, I never ever eat anything bad. This everyone, con- everyone, he's completely lying. <laughs> he eats pizzas all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that I never eat bad, and this has been uh-huh. a continuous journey for me, and this has been part of my conscious journey as well. Because yeah. I used, I used to be bad for this. I, like you, I used to go out drinking like I did, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, two years ago, I completely stopped drinking. What? What made you like literally just shut it off? I just seen this. I don't know. I just. For for me, when I was drinking alcohol, I never I'm, I never really liked it. Mm-hmm. I never really liked it, and I always felt something deep inside of us like, "What am I doing doing this? Am I am I doing this? Am I drinking this alcohol for myself? Am I drinking it for someone else?" Aye. And then it all came down to this: the social aspect of being out with your friends, and your friends thinking you, the friends that you were associating with thinking that you had to drink because they were drinking. Aye. And it's not about that. And now you realise, I mean, I still go out now and people say this to me when I go, when we go on a night out mm-hmm. and people say this to me, they say, how can you have a good night out and a good night without drinking alcohol? Uh, and that is just, when people say that to me, mm-hmm. the the part, the place that I am in my mind now, I kind of believe that they're saying that to me. Do you feel cringeworthy when you say, when they say that, yeah? I do. I feel, I don't feel sorry for the person. I do and we actually feel sorry for them because it's in a way they can't have a good night out Without drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. See, like me, I, I can, like I, I, I never ever want to say it to myself. That's it, game over. Mm-hmm. Because if I and then straight away I drink another about two weeks later or something. Yeah. I'm, 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 I feel like I've lied to myself, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give myself that whole like negative yeah. aspect. No, I just don't want to lie. Because I think when you start like saying, um, saying you're gonna quit drinking, but then you start drinking again, it's like you're lying. To yourself. Yeah, you're lying to yourself, and you can't really justify it and you and you start to feel bad about yourself and you start to get this all through like oh I've done that now, I, now I've drunk again now I feel crap but the truth is like you don't feel crap like you you, you haven't changed you know what I mean mm-hmm. see for me I'm not being big headed because you know I don't drink alcohol and I haven't drank alcohol for two two years mm-hmm. and anyone listening to this might be thinking oh he's lying he does but I'm the only person deep down that knows that and I know mm. I don't but the thing is about with the alcohol Going back to the alcohol is that it's just I just never need I, I don't need it anymore in my life I don't need it it's mm. not even like for you, where you were saying as you don't want to lie to yourself mm-hmm. I don't even need to put myself in that position because I know in my head mm-hmm. I just don't need it Aye. I honestly promise everyone listen to this that I would rather drink water yeah like you know what I mean there's nothing there's, there's never oh. ever been nothing in my body that's wanted me to drink mm-hmm. so I'm not missing anything. See, I, I, I can, like I said, I'm with alcohol, I can take it or leave it. To be honest, like I don't need to drink it every every uh, week. Mm-hmm. I don't even drink and need it every every month. You know what? I could probably get away with it for a, a year mm-hmm. or even longer. Do you not think that comes down to alcohol though, for you as well? Do you never think about this? It comes down to the social context of it. Do you ever think about that? That you're uh, only drinking because your friends are drinking, mm-hmm. and because if you weren't drinking, your friends would think of you differently. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them think of us differently because I don't think. Uh, I think I've grown to know a lot of my close friends personally that yeah. I don't think they'll judge us in the fact that if I didn't drink, they'll think different of but us. That's, but things that I've come across is is people a little bit out out of your circle mm-hmm. well, frown upon you because you're not drinking. A lot of people are judgmental in the sense of like because a lot of people are judge, just judgmental in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the judgmental when they're not in your inner circle and they don't know your values or your who you are basically, mm-hmm. so they'll basically just say, um, "You 
you go and do what you want to do and because we don't really accept that mm-hmm. and because we don't understand that and it's not normal for us see the thing is as well that I've come across with me with not drinking is I th- feel like people feel threatened by it because they can't do it themselves mm-hmm. and, and they'll, they'll come up to you and say have a drink of this go on just have one drink have one shot something like that and it's because they can't do it themselves Aye. and they're trying to put the pressure on me mm-hmm. to try and make me do it but they don't realise that I really don't want to do it and I really don't like it uh-huh. and I'm so past that now yeah it's not even a part of it do you know what I mean it's not even on my mindset anymore yeah it's it's not even it doesn't even play a huge factor in my life I like I don't like I said I don't justify my life through alcohol but I, like I said I'll not say I'm going to give it up because I, like not just in the sense of like I wouldn't like to like myself because I wouldn't but like I wouldn't I, I, sometimes I feel like I need like I don't feel like I need one but I just wouldn't mind one it's a nice little mm. refreshing drink see I can't put my mind there anymore can't it because I just don't I just mm-hmm. kind of put myself there I can understand that like I can pure understand that but like but everyone's I think, one like, yeah I think the whole thing is like never judge anyone for what their choices are in life mm-hmm. like I understand the consequences of alcohol like, you know what I mean I, like I don't abuse alcohol and I never will abuse alcohol I think another good area to take this we're talking about in this as well I think when mm. we talk about the environment because obviously we're talking about people well, I was talking about how people were trying to like persuade me to drink alcohol so I think a good thing to talk about is the environment uh-huh. how the environment actually shapes you as a person because that, that's key that's, I think that's a key one yeah well yeah, environment can be traced to a lot of things it's not just um, it's not just like where you live but it could be like the climate, your environment of your friends who are around you. Like there's so much different, like environment is everything really. Mm-hmm. Your environment is like, your house is your environment. Mm-hmm. Like what you, what your TV gives into your room is your environment. Like the air in your environment, everything's a part of your environment. Mm-hmm. It's a huge complex I think the key thing, a key thing that I was trying to mention though was environment was by the people that you associate with. So I think this is a really big one. Yeah, yeah. And I think, People do. People in life tend to have like a lot of different, different circles of friends. Mm-hmm. But I think if you associate yourselves with friends who you know aren't the right ones, uh-huh. it can really start pulling your consciousness away from where it should be going. Yeah, that's a big one. And something that I can think about is, which I've really noticed to myself is, with me, you, and our other friend James. Mm-hmm. He, we'll when, when us, us three are together, mm-hmm. our consciousness go to a completely different level. And we even say this all the time, is how how our energies feel after us three being in the room together. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it's, it goes back as well, like the flow state. When us three are together, it's like a flow state because us three are having a conversation and five hours have gone by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I, I see what you mean. It's When we are together, the three of us, what we do is we get into this whole new conscious state of thinking because we actually resonate with each other the three of us know exactly what platform we're on and we just say it with ourselves exactly what we're feeling exactly what we already know mm-hmm. and we just and really vibe off each other mm-hmm. and this just gives us energy uh, I think as well something I can think about was when I was talking about how the people that you associate, associate with can pull you back is because when we're talking about this us three being together mm-hmm. you could, we couldn't have that conversation with someone another group of friends 
oh, no. of our different circles of mm-hmm. friends because they they're not on our our minds. They're not our, on our conscious mm-hmm. level, and they'd be thinking, "What the hell are you talking about?" But then there could be as well. There could be, and we could have to just talk to them and open up their conscious thinking, mm-hmm. like and just then that they could just turn around and go. Wow, guys, we've been having the same conversations. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I never like to judge anyone. I, I never like to think of myself as better in any sense of the word as anyone. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, when me and you and Miller are together, yeah, well, this is what we really want. Like, when the three of us are together, we hang out and it's like we really vibe off each other because we give each other energy and we're in that sort, like, sort of existence where we know like the strength of each other. And I know if I give you, Dan, energy you can use that energy and it unlocks this creative consciousness mm-hmm. in your brain and you give out this new great information you didn't even have anymore uh-huh. you didn't even think and then you bring it out there and you, you give it to James and his consciousness expands and then mine does and then like I said sooner or later you realise it's five hours gone and you've talked about everything mm-hmm. I was going to say as well I think it's all part of this like conscious movement that's mm-hmm. what I think it's key down to is all this this bigger conscious movement Here's something I'd like to ask you, Dan. Like, honestly, like, hand on heart, what, you know, when you went through your shift and change, mm-hmm. what was the biggest struggle or challenge you had to overcome? Mm. That's a hard one, that, but I think for me, it probably is like, maybe like, removing yourself from like, certain individuals. Mm. even if that meant like removing yourself from it sounds horrible this but even removing yourself from maybe certain family members aye that's a big one because mm-hmm. certain family members obviously you've got to associate with them and it's hard but yeah. like obviously when they're talking about values and stuff that you completely disagree with I mean you obviously your family and everyone's got their own different values but then there's sometimes when you're thinking like are they just completely just altering your consciousness and holding you back yeah do you think do you, I don't think it's their intention you just there to hold you back I think that's just the type of environment they've been brought up in mm-hmm. and they're used to all this experience like they're used to watching TV later at night and stuff like that and not relaxing the body and relaxing the mind or even expressing the body and mind like through exercising that's why I think though, sometimes like when when you do when people do wake up like for us when you'd start seeing, seeing the world differently and thinking out of the box mm-hmm whether that's by just looking at looking on the internet and researching yourself, but the things that you do find out, find out. Mm-hmm. It's when you do things like this, that's when you start seeing other people's perspectives and you start thinking what they've been seeing their whole life to you, like saying, oh, this is a way, do this, do that. And then you start thinking for yourself and that's when you conflict with these people. Yeah. Because they have different values. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in your family members, do you think that like, their values have changed since... They're reflecting on you. I think they have changed because, like, I see, remember that example with our friend James with his girlfriend mm-hmm. when, like, he's eating healthy and things like that. And I can see treats in her way that that's went over to her, and then obviously they're feeding their child better food mm-hmm. and things like that. But that's that's little ways where it, where it does transcend over where what you're doing mm-hmm. does transcend over. And I think that's that's the way to change people is you can't say to people like, "Oh, eat this, eat that, exercise like this." Mm-hmm. I think you just by you is individually setting setting your own standards and doing your things right what you feel is right in your heart mm-hmm. that will eventually people will see that and it'll transcend over to them and they'll continue it they need to experience that for themselves to be honest like that you couldn't just force anything upon anyone like everyone knows like dictatorships don't work 
So as soon as you start forcing things onto people, it doesn't work. A big thing I can think about as well, though, is with, with family members, what you were saying before, is I think for a, quite a big chunk of time, especially in the world where we live, mm-hmm. in the UK, there's a lot of people who were, in my opinion, when I was coming up young, a lot of people are racist, and that's family members as well. And I've always felt in my heart that's always wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give this one to my dad as well, because when I was younger, my dad, I always remember... My dad and my family, he was never ever racist. He was always aware of of like of that situation, how so wrong it was. Yeah. But our society up here in the UK, everyone is brought upon their society of this the, sometimes they might not really mean it, but they have this racist mentality. And I mm. think that's something that you've got to see through. And you do eventually, and that's what I've done. You know what, as well though, Dan, like I think it's it comes to it a lot with the media, how it portrays a lot of things. Like it'll go like you see certain headlines like Polish people stealing your jobs. Well, they're not stealing any jobs really. They're just coming into this country to expand on a, on a better life for themselves. Exactly. I mean, the what pay, do you the, do if you're in another country the, and you're struggling? They're paying into the system. They're part, they're part of the solution. And but then you get like, pro, other programs. It's not just like the media, but then you get programs like um, Benefits Britain and that. And it feels like it's like exposing some of these like yeah. people who are breaking the system and that. But a lot of the people are just struggling with life, and they just really need like a support. And who are we to like turn our back on our fellow man, exactly. the one who really needs help? That's why I think sometimes when when people are watching these programs like Benefits Britain, people are loving it, watching it, they're griefing them, they're mm. loving it. You know what? I, like I, I was listening to a Tony uh, Tony Robbins podcast before, and he says um, he says you you look at their lives. And immediately you think your life is better, mm-hmm. so you give it get a better perspective. Like, well, their life sucks, but my life's great now. Uh, but it's like it's not really in comparison because the only person who you can really truly compare your life to is yourself. Yeah. Because if you if you have to look at other people and degrade them to make you happy, you have serious problems. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes a lot of people do that in a lot of situations, mm-hmm. not just in obviously not watching programs. Mm-hmm. They do in all situations, even in sport activities. Like you think, oh, I'm better than I'm better than you in sports, so I'm a better person. Mm. Can, this can trans as well send over to people eat healthy. Oh, I'm better than you because I eat healthy food. Yeah, these all these different areas, education as well. Oh, I'm educated. I've got a better job than you. I'm a better human being than you. And that's what people think all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's bollocks. I mean, like a lot of people at work where I work, like they'll say, like, well, you've got two degrees. You, you're better than this. Like you deserve something more, and I'm like, well, I'm like, my degrees don't reflect that as a person. Exactly. Like, like, I work for them, I earned them, yes, but like, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. So I'm seeing a piece of paper doesn't like, define a person. Neither does a job role. Like a exactly. manager, a person as a manager, will be above you. They can talk down to you, but they shouldn't really be talking down to you. The thing they is, should- though, all these all these jobs and all these places of where people are in power and all these jobs where it's managers or higher positions whatever it is mm-hmm. people need to realise that all these jobs are just fake manufactured jobs they're not even real people's working for a system that's not even real mm-hmm. and they're working for a bit of paper that's not even real and it's only valued because we value it as individuals that's true and it's a load of bollocks but that's why I love though like more people are now are waking up and they're thinking out the box and people are ready for this like they're ready for this new shift and I just love it how, like, at the minute, there's like this new generation and it's just completely different. I mean, a lot of people value money. 
like in such an extent that like you'll degrade other people to get more money. You'll put other people behind you to get more money because that's how you value. Look, not saying you, but you as a society value money. We as a society do. Us, yeah, us do. That's what I mean. We value money over other people. So we putting like money ahead of people who are coming in to this country who are struggling. Like yeah, yeah, we value our money more than their lives, and that's scary. Because when's it when's it going to take like for value money over ourselves, our own lives in this country? I mean, I don't value myself as a a British citizen. I don't class myself as like yeah, uh, tied to one place. Yeah, I don't I don't tie myself as a white British European. I class myself as a world citizen. That's we're what, all a part of humanity. We're all connected in this consciousness. That's why I hate though when like I'm going to use football as an example because with football they have all these divides, all these teams, and mm-hmm. people in whatever sport it is they have all these divides where people are like against each other and they hate each other because they sport a different team. Mm-hmm. And some teams could be only one mile down the road. Mm. It's like because I come from Sunland, uh, we get called a Macam because. Sunland's been in the ship trading industry and we built ships for a long time so Sunland used to make the parts that's why they're called Mackams because they would mack their parts but you get categorised as a Mackam and it's a derogatory term it's from a Newcastle who's um, who's their local rivals and you get derogatory terms such as oh he's just a daft Mackam here or oh, look, a Geordie. sad Geordie bastard and that. it's derogatory terms transfixed on Making the other person feel crap, and I think though that's what that's what keeps divides all amongst people though. Mm. But all these little segments, and I think these little segments of people are all over the place, mm-hmm. and that can that could even go back into like food as well. Like he's a meat eater, or oh, I can't associate mm. with him. She's a vegan, he's a vegan. But while these divides are here, I can't see us getting to a place of pure consciousness for the whole planet. I know, but that's why I think though that's why I love it. Like this, obviously, there is a different generation now. Mm-hmm. and like more people are thinking out the box and there's this whole big conscious shift where people are realising these divides like us by me and you talking now mm-hmm. we're realising this divide and there's more people like us as well realising there's a divide and that's why we've got to come together and make a change mm-hmm. and that's what the internet's doing though that's why the internet's so amazing because platforms like this podcasts or whatever it'll be whatever you listen to mm-hmm. is in YouTube as well whatever it is is all bringing people and waking people up. And that's what I love about it. It's like we're the first real generation that's really speaking about this divide that we have in the society. And and now with the internet, we're exposing a lot of like the real truths mm-hmm. of like what society really thinks of us. I think as well, maybe though, there could have been like a, another generation before us who was thinking out the box. Well, it was a lot harder for them to get their points across because there wasn't the form of the internet now mm-hmm. in this sort of like this new era of where you can go on Twitter and you can post a tweet straight, straight away and instantly that could be sent to a million people. Well, something that interests me with um, the hippie movement, it was like after World War II, we were all in a whole sense of like the whole country, every, everyone was affected by World War II. It was such a huge mm-hmm. war, played a huge part in society. People's family members were long gone and like, some some societies were like crumbled completely, and the young generation after that, the ones who was like ten years old and that, they grew into the hippie movement and stuff like that, and they were all about showing love and peace. Yeah. And that's when the war and America said we're going to war with Vietnam. There was a lot of people who was like, no, we're not. We're standing up for this, like Muhammad Ali, and like 
everyone was against it because we were they were the first real generation that wanted to speak of change and they were like yeah. we've had enough of this we want to stand up for peace and love but that's as well when the media realise that they start to have to control these areas and make them people the hippies call them hippies and make them look like look like laughs they're all on mm. drugs you know what I mean things like that mm. the media would provoke and say things like that to try and categorise them into another section yeah. Yeah. instead of embracing that amazing movement amazing message that's behind it mm. they're trying to suppress it by saying oh these are just these in the corner put them in the corner yeah. things like I mean, that they were like um, hippies and that were like they made it feel outcasts in their own country just like black people were mm-hmm. and probably still are in a lot of um, areas in the in the United States and the world but it's now it's now up to us as this generation in this present moment to really use what we have now yeah. and what have we got is that we've got freedom in here in our minds mm-hmm. and that we can express it and we can give it out there to other people and we can stand up and go we're not taking this no more we deserve a right as a people, as a society, as a citizen of Earth. We we demand something exactly. more, a better, something, something better. But something else I can think about before when you're talking about obviously like associating associating yourself with different people and stuff and all the people and things like that. Mm-hmm. But something I can think about is how like sometimes all the people think that they know everything. Mm. When it's like, in fact, the older person sometimes need to listen to a younger person a younger voice because this is a person that's coming through and is, is going to make the change mm-hmm. I sort of say I'm not going to say that they've had their chance but in mm-hmm. the way they have you understand what I mean yeah, but I think it doesn't come down to just like as soon as you, you've hit a certain age group that's it your time's up I oh, think no, anyone at any time can make a change in the in the world mm-hmm. like if you want to be a if you're a 60 year old man you and you've stop. got a f- and you've got a family around, but you've been a very negative-minded man for so long. Yeah, you can somehow look and find these things, make a change, and you could push that change on your family yeah, for future generations. So you can make a huge impact, and you never know that next person who who you pushing that positivity to can really like resonate with it and make a change in the life. And that change in that life can impact thousands of lives. Mm-hmm, that one change in one per- old person can affect so much. That's why I think, though, like, it's never too late to make a change. And, like, the older generation can just switch and they can change and then keep moving mm-hmm. forward and expand themselves. You're never too old to keep expanding yourself. I mean, how old, really, is the soul, if you ask yourself that, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's why we don't, we can't answer that question. So, I mean, are you too old to keep expanding as a human being? I don't think so. We put a, um, we always put an age number on, like, how um, how much of an impact you are. I mean, like, you, you're told to retire at 75, Mm-hmm. So that it retire at seventy five, you've been labelled because at seventy five years old you are no longer able to work. Mm-hmm. That's bull. That's bull crap. You are more than capable of work. You are something of a special human being, and you've still got so much more to give. It's, mm-hmm. t- it's time. It's not time for winding down. It's a time for peace and inner reflection. Now, you, these are times where now you can look at your life and impact it even more because mm-hmm. you've got the freedom to do that. Yeah, I like the uh, quote by Alan Air Watts. He says that wisdom doesn't come from above down it comes from below up and i still think that like other people like all the people still need to understand that they can still learn and in a way they can still become teachers even though they're older uh, they can give back to a new generation mm-hmm. definitely this new generation's done it's absolutely incredible because we are like right now we're connecting with the old generation who's actually who's on top of this and actually are producing this positive change mm-hmm. And we're also connecting with the young generation as well. Mm-hmm. 
I, I wouldn't say we're the middle of the road because that's still like the class of us as like a newer generation because we're both in our 20s we're both like I'd say like as soon as you start like middle generation is about 40 years old and the upper generation is about 60 to 70 and like the younger generations are probably about about 15 to 30 mm-hmm. that's when you start waking up and you start like being your own person mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what age you are though it's you're never too late and it, you, you never know when that conscious shift is going to be mm-hmm. going to like generate something else in your mind and wake people up more actually can I just say something there I just I, I just like be contradicted what I'm just like being seeing like when I put started putting people in the ear groups there I was categorising people I know it's like something like I exactly. didn't want to do I know that. but that's, that's why I want to take that back and I just want to see like any individual in all them different age brackets um, quotations there is that we can all make a change and you, it doesn't matter what age you are so I'm saying but I, like I'm recognising you by saying that you just realised that yeah and that's good that you just realised that by saying that and that's why I said what I said because mm-hmm. I didn't want to categorise anyone but I re- you, I'm glad that you realised in your head that you said it uh-huh. but something I was going to say as well though which I think is which could be good is if like the education system if the education system was better from a younger age like this whole education mm-hmm. system that's built up I mean, like, if you think back now and you think back of school, like, what what did school really do for you? Mm-hmm. Like, everything, True. most, um, 90, 99.9% of the stuff that you've learned was probably wrong. I think soon as, it, soon as after you've learned to read and write and uh, multiply and mm-hmm. use mathematics and that, I think you start to understand, like, you start to find your own what, what influences you. Because mm-hmm. you start reading what... Like yeah, this is this is interesting to me, but like some people just have no enjoyment out of certain certain subjects. But there is there should be a different. I've been saying this for a while. There should be there should be some set subjects which actually influence people's um, consciousness. So we start getting like a subject on um, reflectory, like reflect on who you are, like and show an interest in like what you are as a person did you see that um that thing that i posted up as well on on our uh, page about the kids doing meditation in classes young young kids oh yeah i see that's 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 a a good thing that's a that is a powerful start for people Mm -hmm. and that's the sort of thing that kids should be doing probably every day i mean is that going to influence something yes of course is it going to make a change of course yes there's loads of research on that of the benefits of meditation i remember we i remember in primary school we're praying um, we did like um, some. It's like you know when you you reading your hymns, you're, like, yeah. you're singing along, and you and then you do your prayer afterwards. Mm-hmm. Why not meditate as well? Exactly. Why not all every every kid just shout out something they're grateful for? Mm-hmm. I know that, but something as well about the education system that I don't like is that people are like categorized again into that because they're mm-hmm. given a grade, and you think, oh, I'm not clever because I've been given a certain grade. I went down a grade. And people think mm-hmm. that, in the education system tries to make people think that you're not clever because you're not answering questions what they want you to answer and how mm-hmm. they want you to answer them. Like if you had a test paper and they asked you a question and you fought out of the box and asked it completely different, but if the test person didn't agree with that answer, mm-hmm. they wouldn't give you it. They wouldn't give you high marks for it because I- he's just another puppet in the system ticking boxes. And answering questions, what he thinks the answer should be. Oh yeah, I used to write a lot about um, out of the box questions and that. And that. I remember starting to write out of the box questions when I was in like 
year six, and I think that's eleven years old. And um, I think one of the questions was, um, "What's what um, the the pan's hot? Do you put in a wooden spoon, uh, a metal spoon?" And I thought, well. I try to like answer the question. Like yeah. I really, I like really think of things and like put a question, put an answer in there, which can like expand on it a bit more. Like yeah, so I'll put like a simple answer. So I'll put obviously like the wooden spoon because it'll not conduct the heat. But as well is that the metal spoon will probably last longer. Well, you get like a degree from it. You you don't get marked. For, you just want basic <laughs> simple answers. To keep a simple mindset. So I'm saying that that's probably why, like, people like me and yourself never really excelled in school to the class on court what they wanted uh-huh. to excel at. And that's probably why I know I didn't excel because in school, because deep down I knew it was fake and mm-hmm. I just knew it was, I knew inside myself it didn't feel right. And I, when I was in school, I never ever wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt it. it was, I felt something wasn't right. Yeah. It doesn't feel right then because it's a place where you it's just like work you're forced to go and if you don't go you're like an outcast mm-hmm. you and you made it believe that you made if, it believe you, you need don't it. go exactly you need it for, for what society demands of you so like you need it to become a doctor okay you become a doctor what happens then you spend so much time and money to become a doctor like and you've got to give it like you've got to give all that money back you've got you don't get your time back you don't get given them eight years of time that you've committed to being a doctor to help people. Mm-hmm. A doctor in today's society should be regarded as one of the, the highest yet like foremost positions on earth. Mm-hmm. That's why I think as well though it comes back down to belief systems and what people believe that society needs. But like with belief systems, that's why like when I think back, all the stuff that we've been taught, a lot of like in history, in science, it's only what the quote-unquote mainstream scientists are regulating mm-hmm. and what they're, what they're being told to say and what, what they want you to hear. Yeah. And that's why I love, though, like, in the minute, I'm, I've, this has been a long time for me, but I've, like, I love Graham Hancock's work and I love how he's, like, talking about this ancient civili- civilization because that really opens up to this new perspective that there was in a civilization before, before us, in an advanced civilization. Mm-hmm. And something I can think about as well, is which they always say, which is unexplainable and something I can think about is the pyramids in Egypt and when I was younger this was one big thing that like expanded me on this conscious journey because uh-huh. when I always used to see the pyramids these these big magnificent structures I used to always think like why they built how are them here and that always when I was younger it used to make me think in my head like like and repelled us on to think of think out of the box and that's when I obviously found fingerprints of the gods and I read that book and it made us really start thinking out of the box of like what is what what was before that's a big question what was before and that's what I love about Graham Hancock where he's obviously investigating all these ancient civilizations. but something I can think about as well though when they say that the Egyptians built the pyramids for me I think that the Egyptians also came across the pyramids and they turned around and said how the hell do we how, who the hell built these mm-hmm. but we think and we're taught in school that the Egyptians built the pyramids but I think that's, that's what happened how do you think the pyramids got built? I think it was an ancient civilization, but the research that I've seen of Graham Hancock, I really think that it was ancient civilization. Maybe, maybe that ancient like it wasn't that ancient civilization that made them. Maybe it was an ancient civilization before that, but they just protected mm. it, and they knew it was so important. And the lessons that was going to come from that and transcend down to us. I mean, they must 
must take a lot of uh, looking after and preserving the pyramids to reach that to reach the level that they've have done. Exactly. It. I think you've got to ask yourself though with the pyramids of why are they there for? I mean, who would go to that? Who would go to that magnitude to build something so beautiful and wonderful like that and so big and take all the time and use all their time to build something big like that? And mm-hmm. I think you've got to like look at the question of why they've done it before. And I think some of that, that maybe I can think of is that I mean, put it this way: all this information that we're talking about now is going on the computer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was a if the, if an asteroid hit the planet or there was a big natural disaster, you would lose all that. Everything everything that we've talked about and all this big conscious conscious shift. Like that's on digital on the internet mm-hmm. would disappear. Every blog post, every podcast, every YouTube video would completely disappear. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that would last the time, the step of time, would be stone. And that's why I think they built it for. And I think that goes back to what I was saying before is with the pyramids. I think that the pyramids for me and for everyone could be this like could be like a consciousness, like a big consciousness, yeah, like a like a like a big like a, a big thing that's leaking out consciousness to mm-hmm. the masses. Like you, you don't fully understand what it is, but there's something deeper to the pyramid. And I think that's when yeah. people see it, it releases something in your subconscious mind or wherever it is, or in your DNA or wherever it is, in your genetics. And it triggers something in your body to realise that something isn't right. And that's what I've always felt in my heart, that something isn't right. Every time I see the pyramids, and that's why I love Graham Hancock's work. Have you seen the pyramids? I've never been to the pyramids. Mm, that's something I'd love to experience like mm. to, to marvel at in, in my own uh, sense. That, that's definitely what I that's what I want to do but they were such an advanced civilization, the Egyptians like to construct such incredible incredible architects it's incredible you know but did the Egyptians build them though that's the thing though mm, I mean, that's the thing they are, are, they've probably that's what I'm saying they've probably found them and they've probably turned around these, and said like huge, who the hell's built these these huge stone boulders right you've just got to you've got to imagine in, in, play, in place like 50,000 slaves or maybe more the person pulling that, these huge gigantic rocks that's what I'm saying the person who thinks the person who thinks that the pyramids were built by slaves and people were made to build these pyramids it's laughable it's completely laughable mm. I mean like 50,000 slaves making the pyramids come on man it's, it's a load of crap it's bollocks like what you're being taught in the education system is a load of crap and that's what I, lo- what I do I, love about these I, new these new information that's coming out there I think it's a, it's it's very limited to what it's actually saying because it's, it's hiding the fact that it's hiding the fact other possibilities could exist exactly. and it's directly saying this is how it's got made don't speak on any more of the subject exactly. this, this is how it's got made we're not saying anymore right like, let's just expand let's just think of other areas on how these got made and like why they got made specifically that's like, what I'm saying what is their what is their purpose don't think how they got made but why were they made exactly that's what I'm saying if it was a, if it was a if society built on investigation where you put all your best investigators into stuff and you have like an open minded aspect on it then that would you would get better results from it mm-hmm. but that's why I think as well though like if 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 things like this have been suppressed what other areas in life have things been suppressed in like a big thing that I can think about is is the Western medical system mm. and how like there's a lot of publication bias and someone will bring a, a new study out I mean look at Rick Simpson mm-hmm. Rick Simpson obviously found he's been curing people with the cannabis oil mm-hmm. and that's been suppressed and I think you've got to think why is that being suppressed and I think the Western medical system is another big area where a lot of things are being held back and stopped yeah 
And for me, I think that comes down to like the pharmaceutical companies obviously profiting from it. That's that's, that, true. that's a big area. Right, it, it it is a huge market which can increase uh, increase so much finance financial capability for the um, whole system. Exactly. So of course they're going to keep it's it's something I heard before was it's it's so much easier to keep people sick than it is to cure them. Mm-hmm. It's so much more profitable, and you, you shouldn't look at people as is profit. You shouldn't look at people. You should look at a human being. And if they're ill, merely the one thought that these companies should resonate is this person needs to be healed and cured. Exactly. It doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be looked after. And like we need to cure this person of what his elements are, and we need to, we need to get beyond thinking of. Um, so it's all about instead of treating someone, we should look to cure it inside them. This is where we. This is where we're going wrong because it's, it's so much easier to treat people for months and months on end, so you can wage up so much medical bills on someone instead of just immediately curing it. That's what I'm saying. Then they, they never look at the cause. They just try and like cure it with a little pill, and I think mm-hmm. that's what the thing. Sometimes that like they're seeing by taking a little pill, this is happiness. Mm-hmm. But when really people just like, need to eat, eat vegetables and move the body, right? That's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think it sometimes goes back to like what I always feel that we've got this like inner storehouse of like pharmaceuticals. And I really think that like the, the true healing can only take place like when we tend to our own body and mind. Mm-hmm. Like if you really wanted to, you could you could quit drinking now. You could um, start drinking. You could start eating terrible. You could not work out. You could watch a load of crap on TV and you would, re- after less than about one week, You'd start to feel terrible and lethargic. How like how good though? How how good like do you feel? And I know how good I feel of mm-hmm. like when you eat healthy, when you're moving your body correctly, and mm-hmm. you're mentally pushing yourself. How good do you feel though? You feel in sync. You feel in sync with who you are. Exactly. And you feel like you you're onto something more than you. Like I loved it when I first really experienced working out and that. Like I didn't know what I was doing. F me, I loved it. Like, and you feel, I amazing, you it. feel amazing, don't you? Oh, it was great. It was an incredible feeling. That that's why I think though sometimes like, and the thing as well, though, you're looking at like I know if this is sounds different, but you're looking into like bodybuilding magazines and that. Like that's what I was looking at in that, and I was like, that's a target. That's something I'm going to aim for. And you start to give yourself a goal, a purpose. Yeah, it gives you a focus. That's Aye. the big thing of focus. And everyone is a human being mm-hmm. needs a focus. Mm-hmm. You need this focus to keep driving you forward. You want to keep improving as a person, and you want to have goals to aspire to. That's what you want to do. That's all. That's you want to inspire other people as well. Exactly. But I think as well, though, like when you're suffering, like from ill effects or any other disease or even an imbalance, mm-hmm. you like you're suffering, like in your body, your mind, and your spirit. And I just think that's so true. And I really think that we've got like these inner pharmaceuticals within our body. And we'll have this, like, potential to tap into them by, like, activating our own, like, inner storehouse of, like, pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is now coming to more light, like, with more people validating this. And, obviously, I think an example I can think of is this Wim Hof. You know, he had the 10 subjects and he injected himself with, like, neurotoxins. Yeah, yeah. And, obviously, like, all the subjects, like, healed themselves through, like, air breathing and belief alone. And I think that comes down to, like, accessing, like, this inner storehouse of pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so powerful. It is. It's like, really powerful. It shows mind over matter. Mm-hmm. That you don't need these huge pharmaceutical um, $50 a pill to, to treat yourself. 
Exactly, and that's when I think you can start taking the power in your own hands by educating yourself, training your body, and mm-hmm. moving your body in the correct ways that you know is right. The thing is, your body is constantly wanting to heal. It can't, it's constantly healing. It's on this journey of healing. Mm-hmm. And it never will stop. It never will stop healing. That's why I think it's so good, though, to keep like to, to be eating healthy and moving your body because in a way as well it mm. affects your consciousness and like by building a strong mind this transcends over your real life mm-hmm. it does like when you train your body you start like in eating you start making better choices making having better actions and better decisions and it transcends over to everything that you do in every aspect of life mm-hmm. it does it's so true and and obviously, when you start, when you do start really training your body, you feel it. You feel everything changes around you. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean by lifting weights. I mean just being more aware how you sit, your posture, how you sit, and how you stand in the house. Instead of just saying I'm going to slump on the couch, you sit on the floor for a squat. You brush your teeth in a squat. That's things that I'm doing. And like mm-hmm. all these little things, do transcend over into your life. You have better posture. You walk better. You're more confident. Uh-huh. All these different things, even something simple like this. I know this is going off on a tangent, but something like this is having like having a pull-up bar in your doorway, and every time you walk through the pull-up bar, you do five pull-ups. You just hang on the bar. You do a turnover. Mm-hmm. Like Olympic rings are good for that because you can do so much on Olympic rings. But it's just little little steps like that that you place in your life to mm-hmm. make to create better habits. Getting up early, exactly. a little thing like just getting up like an hour early, going out for a run. Proper changes your mental exactly. whole shift and everything. People always say though, like they have this excuse. Not everyone, because a lot of people are like more aware of this now, and it's 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 amazing that more people are like prioritizing the health. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you do hear them say things like, "I haven't got time to exercise. I haven't got time to eat healthy." But like, you've got to ask yourself: Is what's important here? Do you know what I mean? Is it important, like on a night time coming home and watching some crap on TV? Because that's what people do, and that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's what you value, you know what I mean. You come home and you think like, oh well, I can watch some of that shit on TV, mm-hmm. but then you can't like wake up like te- even just ten minutes in the morning and just do meditation practice or even just mm-hmm. move your body. Like and some of that I've been doing a lot is waking up in the morning and dancing, just putting some music on and just dancing and just moving your body in loads of different ways. How does that? Fit? How does that make you feel in the morning? Isn't it just like it's uncaging yourself as a human in it? That's mm-hmm. what it's like. It's like waking up. You've been in bed for stagnant all this time. Mm-hmm. And you wake up, your body wants to move. You've mm. just been like where you've you've woke up from the dream or wherever you've been when you've been asleep. Yeah. And your body wants to move. It just wants to, you can feel it. It's and, fascinating, man. I know, and for me, when I don't when I don't move my body, when I if see if if there happens to be ever one time where it's never happened. Mm-hmm. But there maybe this one time where straight away in the morning I don't get around to move my body. Mm-hmm. I feel it straight away. My body wants to be moving about. It wants to be running around and you feel the energy inside you. Mm. It just wants to be moved. But I think as well, sometimes I think like the human body is being built like to move. And I think by moving, you really stress. Mm-hmm. And that's why some people who sit around all day, they're stressed. They are. Because they're not exploring these different areas. The stress because they put the soul mindset, like stress is a huge thing. And it's like something, also, the Western philosophy um, is really targeting stress because it's such a um, more people more and more people getting diagnosed with stress with so much um, mindset issues um, depression um, anxiety anxiety is huge it's one of the mm-hmm. r- rising causes of um, of like why people take time off work now mm-hmm. anxiety stress like 
there's so much release like which is needed in the mind and body I mean I need it as well I need the release in my mind like I like to meditate a lot but even if I didn't meditate like, I still like wouldn't get this release and you need a release first and foremost before you can look after another person you need to look after yourself and if you can't look after yourself, there's no way you can impact other people in a positive light. No. And I think as well, though, that's why it's, it's amazing that all these new tools are now come to light, whether it's meditation, moving your body. It's mm-hmm. just all these different platforms, even like doing the float tank, what we did. It's just like all these different tools are different me- mechanisms to like to 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 st- re- relieve you from stress. Mm. Because like the D&D, the D&D struggles of life are the things that you that society says you have to do people yeah. really don't want to be doing them and then they're going to work and then they're coming back and they're just sitting on the couch so they're doing something that they don't want to do and then come back just sitting on the couch I think and they're not having that that real like positive release I think Russell Brand said it best when he says um, like yoga and spiritualization is often perceived as a luxury mm-hmm. it and is so people don't want to feel like they need to spend money on luxuries even though it's, it's free exactly. it's absolutely free you don't need to spend money on it and it's, it's just you being you sitting there and unwinding getting this whole release out of your body and the people are like oh it's not for me what it's not for you what relaxing and unwinding who you are taking off stress is not you exactly. it's it's like balmy, someone 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 said this to me once they said oh I'll, I'll I'll eventually meditate I'll eventually meditate like in a few years time and I turned around and said can you breathe do you breathe now and they were like, yeah. Well, me- why are you not meditating? Exactly. Because exactly, yeah, that's all meditation is, it's just breathing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll, I'll wait. Or, so you're going to wait two years down the line to breathe? Mm-hmm. You would die. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's I don't stupid. understand. It's stupid. But I think sometimes as well, though, like with the human body. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think meditation is just about breathing. I think it's just about finding that inner peace. And you find it. I know, it's when you focus not just focus on your breath but focus on the, the end of a breath and the beginning of a new one and you focus on that moment of peace and tranquility that it's the calmness in the mind in between the breath well, that's and they saying. don't want to see I that I think with with the meditation though, it makes you just sit for a second and just be in the present moment and just breathe and just like inhale that in and just realise that where you are right now and it just makes you stop for a second mm-hmm. and I think obviously through through society and through life, you've you you've got so much sensory input and you're full filled with crap. Mm-hmm. It is just so good just to sit for two seconds and just reflect and just sit and like think, where am I going? What mm-hmm. am I doing? But, just, I, but people are scared to do that. That's what I think people are scared to do. People need to awaken and open up this this voice inside them that's screaming inside, saying, "Help! Help me! I'm I, I you're hurting us." All this stress and unwarranted, I can't take it all on board. Mm-hmm. I need you to help us and get rid of it. See, I think though, with like when we're talking about obviously moving your body and stuff like that, the, the, the human body is like this magnificent machine and it must move. But I think as well, it comes back down to like all these years, like mm-hmm. the, the human body has like got this like warrior DNA. Mm-hmm. It is. Like where people have been fighting and things like that. I'm not saying it's right, but it's ingrained in our DNA to be a warrior and to move our bodies yeah. and I think like within our DNA now your DNA knows that it needs to be moved and it wants to, it wants to be pushed to that next level mm-hmm. and I think that's you can't you can't just ignore that you can never ignore um, your own DNA that's a, I think that's a factor of life but a lot of people like to live so sedentary 
that they believe that they're that they um keep that changing their own DNA. Exactly. Changing their own structure. They don't realise that what they're doing now is gonna change the is gonna future impact their children and their children's children. That's why I think it's big as well though, like how, how your thoughts attract what you experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating to me, like your own thoughts can manifest into your reality. It is what you interpret, like on what values you class as your thoughts. But if you are focused on negative energy all the time, then negative thoughts, then you're going to impact negative patterns into your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to see the world as glass half empty instead mm-hmm. of half full. That's why though, like thoughts do have a, like a frequency, and mm-hmm. I think that like when you put out good, you get good back. That's it's, true. It is so true. true. When you start like doing good things, good always comes back on your doorstep, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think it's like it's so powerful to use like posit- positivity as also as a tool. Yeah, because positivity is honestly so powerful when you can really embrace it. Tony Robbins, like, um, he's like an idol of mine, and when he talks about not just positive energy, a positive change. And you can in- increase this positive change inside, but you don't like you don't have to be. When we're talking about positive energy, yes, you can be angry, you can get annoyed, but don't let it take over. Yeah, don't you express your um, the negative energy inside. Just push it out there. Just release it, free it. Just get it out your system. But then come back to the sense of pureness and the happiness and the positivity inside, and keep that part in. Because keep that part in your mind and you're going to reflect it constantly. Yes, escape into a, bit negative, in a negative world sometimes to get it out there, to release it through exercise, through meditation, through your own sense of being. But soon as like you can influence positivity in your life and you can get it out there and be in the most positive state of mind, you can change someone's life. Mm-hmm. Not just your own, someone else's. I think as well though, like when you're on this like higher plane of consciousness... Or whatever you want to call consciousness, mm-hmm. you're going to go to this like different realm, and you're going to create this different reality. And I think right. that's by by having like a positive aspect, you can create this new sense of reality. And that's yeah. when like by putting by putting thoughts out there, it, you do attract it back, and it does come to you. That's mm-hmm. why when you see people who who do positive things, they get more positive things back. Like when you're on a spiral of eating healthy, and you con- continuously eating healthy, and you train your body physically and mentally. You start seeing more things, and you start things more seeing things more clearly, uh-huh. and you start realizing the more positive aspects, like more like channels you can go down, or paths you can go down, or whatever journey you want to take. And yeah. it, the negative aspects start fading off and going to different directions. Exactly. And you see the better path, and that's what I love about it. I mean, like when I when I first started with them, um, understanding that like your thoughts manifest your reality. Like I thought, like well, if. What if I'm negative? What if I'm? What if I'm? What if I don't like it? Just like, and then you just start to think, and like, you start to think of your thoughts, mm-hmm. these questions, and like, and I just ask myself the question: What if I don't like it? Mm-hmm. But then you start ask that with a question. You go like, well, what what impact can it actually achieve? You start asking questions with a question, mm-hmm. and the questions that you start asking yourself is the real questions that you need to help find you. That's what I'm saying though, like thoughts like do have like a frequency and like what and when you put thoughts out out there, they are there. Mm-hmm. They, they are. And like the thing is like we are like consciousness and like we are the universe and mm-hmm. whatever we're thinking, we're creating it. It's, we are? it's so powerful. But something I want to bring up as well though, this is a bit off subject, but have you seen the um 
the the video on uh, Motherboard about the study where they they're trying to reconstruct the woolly mammoth. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh huh. It's really interesting, but like obviously right now, like in South Korea, like the scientists like they're actually working together to re- reconstruct the prehistoric woolly mammoth, and like they're using technology and like obviously they're trying to preserve preserve the specimen. Mm-hmm. But it was buried in um, I think it was in northern Siberia, I think. But like obviously the hope is that they try and find and activate the cell from like a meaty leg or something like that. But it's like an over to forty thousand year old uh, frozen mammoth. And obviously, for them, it could hold the key to bring them back the extinct species. So, what does that tell you? What does that mean to you? Because I tell you what it means to me. It means the advance of technology these days can really impact our lives. Mm-hmm. But it also could mean bad for me as well. Mm-hmm. Like it depends how? how you use it. Oh yeah, but like constructing a woolly mammoth for over forty thousand years old. Mm-hmm. Like how? Like this is Star Star Wars realm now. This, this is the realm of new existence. It is. It's amazing, and it need, it, that's what I'm saying. Though it needs to be like it needs to be using like a positive, like conscious a- aspect. Yeah. Yes, but that's definitely true. But like a lot of things, we need to find out. You you can't get it perfect first time. There will be mistakes. Yeah, and, definitely. And just like everything that comes mistakes. I mean, this resurrecting the mully mammoth, it will be a lot of mistakes, and I suppose that's the enjoyment of science is trying to find out these mistakes. So I think though, when I watched that documentary though, um, some of that I think of as well though, which I got from that documentary is that these like higher people who have the money are honing in on this like technology and they're mm. trying to think ahead of the game and trying to think, well, how can we make money from this? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to um, what some of that I think of, what I got from that is if they're doing this, they've definitely thought about human cloning. Yeah. That, that, that's scary, human cloning. I mean, would you be happy like having your body cloned because I wouldn't it's an interesting one because if if there's going to be two pieces people of me out there then if they've got my sense of comp, um, existence yeah, yeah. and positivity and it's just another vessel of positivity yeah, out I there like that. I, like, I never thought of that that's a, that's a good way to look at it actually it's really good but then if I've also got like if I'm human cloning like if like for an army if I'm just breeding more like minds of destruction yeah then it's going to be it's going to be horrible that's what I'm saying it needs to go be back in the right hands and it needs to be used for the good of the planet and it's a it's a hard one it is a hard one mm-hmm. but like have you seen the film The Island yes have you seen that uh-huh. obviously song. like where the com- uh, the compound like obviously has like clones and obviously that like, you use for like um, organ harvesting and like surrogate motherhood aren't they for like mm-hmm. the wealthy outside the world yeah but that's like an interesting concept that because like could that be going on now could it be you know what I mean? It's, could, it's could a fascinating. Like, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like. I mean, if you think about it, I watched another documentary in the rich and now paying £150 million now just to, just to go into the moon's atmosphere. £150 million. I mean, if they can human, human clone, people would pay for it, wouldn't they? £150 million. I mean, put it this way, right? Imagine if you could clone, someone could pay a lot of money and they could clone a version of yourself mm-hmm. and you could put another even just five years in your life, even a year, even maybe even five days in your life, someone would do it. Someone would do it, and that's a scary right. thing, of like what else is going on, and that's why the film, the island, for me is I know it's like it's a made believe concept, but like I sometimes think if you can think of the concept, it may be happening. Yeah, is it? Is it happening? That's a, that's the amazing thing. Really? Like, like they've already did it with Dolly. Is it sheep? Dolly the sheep was the first sheep ever clawed. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm not too sure on this, but like 
There might be a um, might have already done this with the human cloning. The, sure, the I think always. I always think if you if you think if you can think of it in your head, they've mm-hmm. probably done it. Um, that's what I always think. If you can think of it, they've always they can, they can do it, and that's why I believe that. Like with wealthy people, if wealthy people have got the money to do stuff like this and prolong the life, they will look into it and they will try it. Mm-hmm. People are always looking for these different avenues where they can where they can do these things and experiment and that, whether it's either making profit or just prolonging their life. Mm-hmm. The rich and elite will do it. I mean, in two thousand seven, they had Dolly the, Dolly the sheep, and that was from nineteen ninety six to two thousand three. Dolly was a female domestic sheep, and it was the first mammal to be cloned from an adult somatic cell using the process of nuclear transfer. Like, born on July 5th, 1996, and died from a progressive lung disease five months before her seventh birthday. She was called the, the most famous sheep in the world. I was just, something memorised there, it just clicked on my mind. But this was so, like, incredible, really. I know, I've it's, seen it at the it's time. It's like a rebirth. That's what I'm seeing at the time, though. People, like, when, the th- when this first comes out, people at the time think, like, this is impossible. You know what I mean? When it first brought to light, people think this is out of the box. This is amazing. But like, mm-hmm. how far from that? Even from that aspect, when was that in two thousand three? Like, how far have they gone now already? Exactly. But it actually makes me ask the question. Like, like a lot of these um, studies, what we find makes me ask questions. And so, this question that it made me ask was: Is there a reason for death? Mm-hmm. And if we need a reason for death like because right now we call a lot of people consider death to be the end whereas like I don't I think it's the beginning of something new I like to think of it as anyway but death is the the ultimate final frontier for mankind we all experience it but if you were to take that away from us and you were to give us constant human cloning where we're constantly on a conveyor belt and we as soon as my like, time came to an end I was given a new body mm-hmm. I was rebirthed into this whole new new being with the same consciousness I, all I'd want to do is kill myself all I'd want to do would be end my life because I want to experience death death's the final stage of like human evolution mm-hmm. and to take that away from someone I think that's cruelty mm-hmm. I like a quote by Alan Watts. He says, imagine what it would be like to go to sleep and never wake up. And then he said that will lead you to the next question of what was it like to wake up and have never went to sleep. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's so powerful because like, really, if you think about it, death is the source of life. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it because death is a mystery. And it is like, that's what it's all about. It's the mystery of the unknown. Mm-hmm. and I, I don't think you can worry about it too much you've just got to embrace what you're doing now and live your life yeah it's it's scary that we always underestimate the value of death we always put it off as like something which is a, a horrible experience and it's, it's just an experience there's no such thing as a horrible experience they're all learning experiences like we learn from from the loss of a loved one about how much we love them mm-hmm and how much we cared for them so we appreciate them more in death than you ever do in life mm-hmm. that's why I like what Alan Watts said he says that like we live in a society where we're led to believe that death is a bad thing 
mm-hmm. you are though mm-hmm. you, no one really no one really knows the answer and the the, the people think it's bad instantly instantaneously like if if um like one of the questions which man will never ever find the answer to is what happens after death because mm-hmm. the trillions and trillions of people who've died none of them's came back to tell us what's happened yeah and is there something so beautiful on the other side that's stopping them mm-hmm. from seeing that or is or, there something yeah. so like terrifying that's keeping them there from coming back or, or it, is it so beautiful that they never want to come back or 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 listen or is this planet so beautiful that they've already came back but they don't know it in the form of reincarnation reincarnation because that's an interesting one mm. that is a really interesting one and have you seen that film that um it's called the eye origins i've heard of it i haven't seen it and i know what it's about yeah well the film is about um studying evolution of the eyes and everyone on the planet has unique has unique eyes and his mm. wife dies and a girl in india is um found with the same eyes mm-hmm. as his girlfriend who died and obviously it goes to the whole point of the aspect of it's about reincarnation and his girlfriend's being born into the girl's body mm-hmm. but it's that's an interesting thing though like is is reincarnation possible and do we come back to this planet mm-hmm. it's 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 all putting is your consciousness going to go into another being mm-hmm. like are you going to have the same experience well probably it's not because we're all brought in a different part of the world mm-hmm. in this whole different society but it's a fascinating concept because like if reincarnation exists so that seeing like there's another Hitler out there mm-hmm. there's another but there's another Martin Luther King as well yeah are these people going to rise up and are they going to do emulate the same existence as their yeah. previous predecessor well, are they is, is there going to be a new Adolf Hitler yeah. probably not because he probably won't reign the power he might have a completely different existence where he might just end up being a shop manager in Asda. It's like it, it's like this one constantly big cycle where where you, it's the unknown and you don't know what's happening. Uh-huh. And that if and if it is if it is happening in reincarnation, it's a chance to to do good. Yeah. It's a chance. It's like it's like a test. It's like the first time you come round. If you don't do it properly, you might come back. Uh-huh. But it's a fascinating aspect because it opens up the doors to. It kind of puts your mind at peace in a way because you think, yeah, it, like I'm, I'm coming back. I'll get another chance at it. But that's why I, I, I like reincarnation because I feel like you'll get another chance. But I like also feel like you start, to, you leave us and beca- you start to just you become a part of the earth and you start to become a part of the universe again because you are a part of the universe. But the thing is, with reincarnation is that's the bad side of it as well. Is that you are given another chance. So you can feel like, I mean, next life I can give it. Whereas no, it's live it now. Yeah. Live it in this moment. See, some, something I can think of is, I sometimes hear people say that, well, I don't want to come back reincarnate on this planet. But I think, like, why would you not? It's beautiful. Mm. It's amazing. Like, if you look in the whole of the cosmos, or wherever you want to see, whatever planet is in the, in the whole of the universe, this is a special planet. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes I, I do think it's good a lot of time to... To reflect and meditate and even do psychedelics as well mm-hmm. and use all these different forms. But sometimes I think in my head as well, is that just a form of trying to get away from where we're at now 
And sometimes mm-hmm. I think like, sometimes when a form of meditation for me, I could just go to a nice place in nature and just sit and look and think like, for God's sake, I'm already here. I'm already here now. And that's why it goes back there. I think sometimes people just need to go back and just realise that like we're already in this psychedelic trip now. Mm. Whatever it'll be, or this different reality or different form of consciousness, whatever it is, yeah. but we're already in it now and we can move our bodies, we can jump, we can climb, we can run, we can eat all these foods, we can have all these sensations, we can already live life and have all these different senses of reality in this reality now. Yeah. If you can embrace that, that's what I'm this moment. And that's what, that's what more people need to do. But I think sometimes people just think, some people do think about it's going to be better on the other side. Mm. But no make it better on this side now where yeah. we're at now. You can only you can only do and change that's where the, you are now. That's the thing. You don't know if there's a heaven or a hell or if there's a re- you're not going to get reincarnated. What if science is right and we are just a billion and a trillion and a trillion chance of actually being here? At that moment when our parents got together, we actually were the fastest sperm out of all of them and we created life we were that just makes us think f me i am so lucky to be here right now in this instinct because what if my dad was like if that one night you just think ah nah i'm not there now like and then someone there could be a future another part of um, someone else exactly that one chance to just like to come to embrace your being or your energy form on this planet mm-hmm. and just have that one chance to make a change like that's what it could be for it could be all just to make just shift that little balance mm. in nature and that's why I think when 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 you when you do realise that that this pre- life is so precious uh-huh. you've just got to embrace everything and you've got to live life to the full that's beautiful you've got to do but, I've, but anyway I think it's a good time to wrap it up and um, just say peace to everyone and just I'd just like to say like how proud I am I, as I'm a human being on this planet. And that I can reach out to all these amazing people who's listening to this right now and understand that you in this moment have a right to live your life as a happy individual who can give something to this world. And also on this conscious journey of waking up and that's the beautiful thing mm. that every it's we're not, no one's alone. Everyone is together and just trying to work out what's best for us. But I'd just like to say peace everyone. Thank you again. You're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. And uh, since you're all here and engaged in this sort of inquiry and listening to this sort of lecture, I assume that you're all on the process of waking up. Or else you're teasing yourselves with some kind of... uh, flirtation with waking up which you're not serious about but I assume maybe you are not serious but sincere that you are ready to wake up so then when you're in the way of waking up and finding out who you really are what you do is what the whole universe is doing at the place you call here and now You are something the whole universe is doing in the same way that a wave is something that the whole ocean is doing. The real you is not a puppet which life pushes around. The real deep down you is the whole universe. 
So then, when you die, you're not going to have to put up with everlasting non-existence because that's not an experience. A lot of people are afraid that when they die, they're going to be locked up in a dark room forever and, it, and sort of undergo that. But one of the most interesting things in the world, this is a yoga, this is a way of realization. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Think about that. Children think about it. It's one of the great wonders of life. What will it be like to go to sleep and never wake up? And if you think long enough about that, something will happen to you. You will find out among other things, that uh, it will pose the next question to you. What was it like to wake up after having never gone to sleep? That was when you were born. You see, you, you can't have an experience of nothing. Nature abhors a vacuum. So after you're dead, the only thing that can happen is the same experience, or the same sort of experience as when you were born. In other words, we all know very well that after people die, other people are born. And they're all you. Only you can only experience it one at a time. Everybody is I. You all know you're you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. You know that very well. Only you don't have to remember the past in the same way you don't have to think about how you work your thyroid gland or whatever else it is in your organ. You don't have to know how to shine the sun. You just do it. Like you breathe. Doesn't it really astonish you that you are this fantastically complex thing? And that you're doing all of this and you never had any education in how to do it? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes as it really helps the show. And don't forget to head over to the show notes at beastified.com. Hey everyone, and check out our weekly challenge set by the guests themselves. And also don't forget to check out the bonus questions we ask the guests after the show. In the meantime, stay healthy.